Welcome to Prophet Emmanuel Siao's audio podcast. This is the place where we come and receive the word from God through his servant. Thank you, Lord Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, right? Holy Spirit, do us your purpose from eternity. Lead us into all truth. Teach us and set me aside. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ, and give us an encounter through your word. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, so now let's pick our Bibles uh, and I'll pray for some people. So in the, in the in the book of Matthew chapter 28, let's start from right from verse 1, please. And now the Bible says that now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Madeleine and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descend, um, of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for, for fear of, of, him, of him and became like dead men. Now the Bible says right from verse 5, but the angel answered and said to the woman, to the women, now women are blessed. Now, I said women are blessed. I said women are blessed. So the Bible says that, and the angel answered and said to the women. So these are mysteries that are given to women because it wasn't given to any man. And I, I, would, I, would, I would teach you the reason why women are blessed. Uh, if you're a woman here, one day we are going to do a women conference and I'm going to teach on you know what god has deposited in women and a lot of women will rise and shake you know the kingdom of 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 of, of hell I'm telling you it took a woman to accept the birth of jesus the christ so he mary accepted otherwise she could have rejected and let's say every woman that the angel goes to says that no jesus christ couldn't have be born <laughs> but i'm not talking about that today but i'm going to teach you on the power of women how women are so powerful that you don't look down upon yourself and think that you know you are nothing it's about time that women need to stand because now there's something greater in you in the name of Jesus the Christ there are so many things greater in, in women that now God has deposited so the Bible says that but the angel answered and said to you know to the women do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified so the women so where were the men let's 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 ask ourselves so the women they were the one that were seeking Jesus the Christ. Wow. From their heart. 
God bless every woman. And the Bible says that, that do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. So Jesus Christ was crucified. He is not here, but he is risen. He is not here, but he is risen. Somebody should declare that Jesus Christ is not here, but he is risen. Jesus is not here, and he is risen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So now, first, let's go to the verse 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So now, the verse 9, the Bible says that, and they went to tell his disciples, behold. So the Bible says, as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them. Jesus met them. Saying, so the first word that Jesus Christ said after he resurrected from the grave, that first word, he, he said it to, to what? Women. I'm not here to, 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 to teach on that, but he said that rejoice. That is a powerful word. It's a, you know, it's a word that is from the resurrection from the dead to life is that rejoice this is a word that is for everybody that meets jesus christ after resurrection because the bible says that when he died we died with him when he was buried we were buried with him and the bible says that when he was resurrected we were resurrected with him i thought you know that last week but the word there is what rejoice this is the rejoice this is very deep why is it that jesus christ didn't say anything in but rejoice. That is the first word that he, he said when he resurrected from the grave. That must be so powerful. And that, that must be, you know, we must now go down to understand why he said that. Now the women should rejoice. There must be a reason why he said that. And why did he start his word by saying rejoice? And the word there is Cairo, just to be cheerful. There must be a reason. Be cheerful. Be cheerful. Because now the women were worried 
because Jesus the Christ, they thought that somebody has taken Jesus the Christ. But when they, they met Jesus, Jesus Christ said, now be cheerful. Be cheerful. Why should I be cheerful? Because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. So he said, be cheerful. Rejoice. Be cheerful. Rejoice. Be cheerful. Somebody should declare that this is a word for myself. That I need to rejoice regardless of whatever that I'm going through. I am going to rejoice. Because Jesus Christ spoke to me audibly and said that I need to rejoice. So you be cheerful. Because Jesus Christ has what? Has done it all. Be cheerful, Sally. Be cheerful. Be cheerful. Be cheerful. And why is it that you need to be cheerful? There are so many reasons why I should be cheerful. Now, we are going into the meat of the gospel. Whatever that Jesus Christ did, he didn't do it for himself. But he did it for you. So that is why he said, be cheerful. He never did anything for himself. So he said that what? Be cheerful. We are going to go into this deep and understand why Jesus Christ told this woman that, don't be cheerful. Rejoice. Because there are higher dimensions that, you see, my resurrection is going to put you guys. My resurrection is going to bring you to a life that myself I have promised you. That is why he said that you won't be cheerful. Be cheerful. So tonight I am I am very cheerful because Jesus the Christ said I need to be cheerful. So when you go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 right from verse 14 now the bible says that for the love of of christ compels us because we judge thoughts that if one died for all then all died and he and and he died for all that those who live those who live should no longer live for themselves but live but for him who died for them and rose again for who? For them. So he died for you. And he didn't only die, but he rose again for you. What does it mean? So this is where the message of the gospel carries the what? You know, the message of the cross carries the good news 
and that we must begin to dissect and understand the significant the effect in my life we must understand it so now the verse 16 now the bible says therefore from now on we regard no no one according to the flesh so now i shouldn't know you according to the flesh because of what jesus christ did that is why he said rejoice there must be a reason so now we do not we shouldn't know anyone according to the what to the flesh otherwise we will judge wrongly but the bible said even though we have known christ according to the flesh yet now we know him thus no longer so now paul is saying that we don't know christ any longer according to the what to the flesh then the verse 17 then he said therefore if anyone is in christ that he says he rejoices if anyone be in christ he is a new creation which creation is he talking about is it the creation according to now adam no but it's another race that has been what that has been set another race so if anybody be in christ he's a new creation so who are the new creation people <laughs> because now the new creation is according to the standard of god himself not according to the standard of man so even i cannot see you and judge you based on what i see otherwise i might be wrong but it is according to the standard of heaven and he said that therefore if anyone is in christ is in christ is in christ he's a new creation all things of the old life everything have passed away behold all things have become new oh all things have become new oh somebody say all things have become new everything about my life has become new everything about me has become new everything about you has become new it is it's about time that our mindset now be, should begin to shift to this reality because jesus christ never died for myself you know he didn't die for himself but he died for us all things that is why when we started i started quoting the book of john chapter 8 where the woman was caught in adultery although the woman was caught in adultery jesus christ said i'm going to give you a new life go and see no more a new start for everybody hmm. thank you spirit divine A new life. A new life. A new life. I have a new life now. And I know you also have a new life now. That should set you on a path 
to please God. It is not a new life to please yourself. No. That is why Paul said that now we are no longer living for ourselves, but we need to live for God. A new life. And a new life also stands for a new mindset. that the old way of thinking should change and the new way of seeing things must be instituted in your life because jesus christ said that rejoice because i have made you anew I don't know how many of us are rejoicing. So if now you're asking yourself, does God love me? Yes, he loves you. Because he died for your sake. And he you know, came back to life for your sake. So he loves you. He loves myself. That is why he did everything that he did for you. We are going to go into the meat itself. But I, it's just a form of encouragement to encourage somebody. That sometimes you feel down. That you feel that you are not wealthy. It is, it's not about your wealth. It is not about that God has created some people special. No. But it is about his own love that he has bestowed upon each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So somebody should say that Jesus Christ loves me. And he has granted me everything. Now let us go to the meat. In the book of Luke chapter 24. Right from verse 22. Now the Bible says that, yes, and now this is a conversation between Jesus Christ and two of the disciples. Now they were having a conversation and, the, you know, I, I can't read everything because of the time. The Bible says, yes, and, and a certain woman of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us and when they did not find his body they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said who said he was alive and the verse 20, uh, 24 and 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 certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said but him they did not see they didn't see jesus the christ now the verse 25 the bible said then he said to them now so jesus christ began to speak and he said oh foolish ones and slow of heart to to believe in all the prophets have spoken and he said the verse 26 ought not the christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory is a question 
So Christ suffered everything and entered into his glory. So the resurrection of Jesus the Christ is what? Is a sign that myself and you, we have entered into what? Another dimension. That is why I say, if anybody be in Christ, he is a new creation. What new creation? The, a creature that is what has entered into what? The glory of Jesus the Christ. We have entered into what? His glory. And when we entered into his glory, this is what Jesus the Christ did. <laughs> I just want everybody to follow. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory? To enter into his glory. Which glory was he talking about? His glory. But understand that, you know, whatever that Jesus Christ was doing, he didn't do it only for himself. You were in the picture. Yesterday, last week, I thought about all these things. So, Augustina, you, you have also entered into his glory. And anybody that has entered into his glory, this is what happens in the book of Revelation chapter 1. Let's go. Now we will break it down. Right. Let's start from verse 4. The Bible says, Then John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits, who are before his throne and from jesus the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead the firstborn from the dead now we are talking about the first fruit i'm going to come i'll come there the firstborn from the dead what the dead the first fruit hmm. and the bible says that and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loved us he loved us Hey, what did he do? Nothing. He loved us and washed us from our sins. When now we were buried with him, we, we you know when we died with him and we were buried with him and we resurrected with him. That was the working of what? Of God himself. And the Bible says that what? This word, the, word, the workings of God, that what signifies his love. He loved us. And he washed us. So that was purification and setting you know, us apart. And making us the church and he said that what to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and what priest to his God this is what the resurrection of, Je of Jesus Christ has done he has made us kings he washed you from what the filth of sin and the bible says that in his own blood so whilst you were in him all these things were uh, uh, you know the processes that was going on purification to make you as new that if anybody be in christ and the bible said as much as kings and priests so it's god and father to him be glory to him you know be glory and dominion forever and ever amen to him be glory and dominion so i am a priest 
Now, I am a king. I am a ward. I am a priest. And I am a king. Hmm. So when you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, you see Ecclesiastes, you know, Ecclesiastes, in the book of Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now let's start from verse 13. The Bible says that when Jesus came into the region of, you know, Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? The son, uh, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, he was asking the question. He was asking the disciples. Saying, the Bible says that, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And there were 16. Simon, Peter, answered and said, you are Christ, the Christ. You are the Christ, and who is Christ? The anointed. So the word Christ means that you're anointed, right? Or the Messiah. The Bible says that the son of the living God. The verse 17, then Jesus Christ said, you stop over there. And he said, Jesus, and Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Now, you're talking about his, the glory. The father is the glory. I'll come there. He said, my father who is in heaven, give him the, the revelation. And he said that, you know, in verse 18, it said, I, and I also said to you that you are Peter. Who is Peter? Simon. And he said, and the Peter is the rock. And he said, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, he said, I will build my church. So which church was he talking about? So was he talking about Assemblies of God? Or was he talking about Pentecost? <laughs> Oh, he was talking about apostolic. Oh, he was talking about a different type of church. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Now, he said, the Bible said that he has made us kings and he has made us priests. And Jesus Christ now said that he's going to build his church. So which church was he talking about? None of these. So now, what is the meaning of the word church? Now, the meaning of the word church is what? Ecclesia. Ecclesia. And now, the word church there means a call out. So, now, a people that have been called out. So, he said what? I'm going to build my church, a call out. So, he's going to call a certain people out to form what? A government. That are what? Are full of priests and are full of what? Kings. He wasn't talking about assemblies of God. And he wasn't talking about any other church that we think we know. But he was talking about a set of people that will be called out for a certain mandate that will only be possible after my resurrection. Oh, how many of us are here? Ecclesia. So I am part of the Ecclesia. And you are part of the ecclesia. 
we are all part of the ecclesia we are not just part of just a, 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 a you know a, a, you know a, like an, a, 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 a denomination no it is an ecclesia it is deeper than we just going to sit in a, just a pig or just a church and think that oh i am part of presbyterian it moves beyond that it moves beyond pentecost and it moves beyond just an ordinary you know just where we go and sit and we think that is just you know just that is what christianity no no, no. jesus christ says i'm going to build something bigger a government that that are, are people that are what are called out for what purpose that will be kings that will be preached thank you holy ghost Oh, somebody say I am part of the ecclesia. I'm part of the church. And this is what Jesus Christ said. That what he's going to build his ecclesia, his church. So when you go to the book of First Peter, chapter 1, so the church has a mandate that we must now begin to understand our mandate as part of the ecclesia. I know that people will not be able to spell the word ecclesia, but it's like ecclesiastes, ecclesia. That is a word, ecclesia, like, you know, church. Yeah, you can spell it E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A, right? If you like, you go and just Google it. It's there, ecclesia. Right. So the book of First Peter chapter one. So the meaning of that is what a call out, an assembly of people. So he he, he now. So now yeah, ecclesia. So now he called you forty out, Mama Boat. He called you out for a purpose. He called us out. Yeah. That you are part of what the church. So now the book of First Peter chapter one. Right from verse three. So now the Bible says that blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus the Christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Now, the word begotten is to born again. So the word born again is what? To be born anew. So now if you're born anew, you've been called out as what? As part of the church. He has been what? Begotten us again. Again. According to his what? His own standard. Again. To a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. Ah! We have been called, we have been born again to be part of the ecclesia. And what? It is not according to our works, but it is according to what? According to this abundant mercy, he has begotten us. And so I am born anew to be part of a generation that is set apart for his purpose. So blessed be 
the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus the Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, oh Jesus the Christ, has begotten us again to a living hope. Now the word hope is what an expectation. A hope is a person who is Jesus the Christ. And it is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So now the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead has brought us what? A living hope. Not just hope, a living hope. You can have hope, but if it is not living, it's what? It's, it's, it's nothing. A living hope. And the Bible says from verse 4, the Bible says that to an inheritance, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I have been begotten to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A living hope. Now, let us see the ecclesia. So those that are what? Begotten. Those that are born. Again, that is why the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, that the Bible says that if anybody be in Christ, after what? His resurrection, if anybody be in Christ. Because what? Now Christ, you know, you know uh, the resurrection of Christ, you know, um, empowered him to enter into his glory and formed another government, another set of people that will have the mind of God. And the Bible says in the book of 1 Peter, now first let's go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. Now, right from verse 9, the Bible said, but you are a chosen generation. Now, that those that ecclesia, a chosen generation. That was all made possible by the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. So you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Because now in the book of Re in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, that he has made us kings and what? And preached royal priesthood. Royal. We're talking about what? King kingship, kingdom business. I'm a chosen generation because I have been made anew. So I am part of the chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So now, as beautiful you are there, you want to represent a nation, only you. A holy nation. But you are not just a nation, but you are holy. The word holy is what? You are set apart, consecrated. So you don't mingle in, what? in, the, in the affairs of this world. You set yourself apart from the, what? the world. And the purpose of the ecclesia, the church, that have been what? You know, given a new mandate because they've entered into the glory of God is what? Is that they may proclaim the praises of him who called us out. Now, the word, so to call out. That is the church. He called us out of what? Darkness into his marvelous light. Ah, we have been called out. 
So when Jesus Christ was going through the 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 the, 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 the cross, the, the death, the barrier in the resurrection, he called Sally out to be part of what the chosen generation. He called you to be a royal priesthood. He called you as a special people. As a special people. Now the verse 10, the Bible says, who once were not a people. So at first we were not a people, but the Bible says, but now. Because of what I have been called out, I am now the people of God who had, you know, is that what? Who were not a people, but now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy to be part of what? The ecclesia, the church. That has a mandate. What is the mandate? To proclaim the praises of Him. Of Him who called us out of what? Darkness. And Jesus Christ also said that I am going to both build my ecclesia, the church, this new set of people that will what? And he said, what the gates of, of hate shall not prevail. Against who? The church, the ecclesia, those that have what? Caught out into the marvelous light because we are not no more under what? Under bondage and under darkness. We have been called out. He called us out from darkness. To be a chosen generation to be a royal priesthood to be part of what the people that has the mandate of jesus the christ not the mandate of what any man but the mandate is the mandate of jesus the christ himself but if we don't understand all these things we will follow the dictates of man, the doctrines of man, that will make us ineffective in the kingdom. Otherwise, we will be a bunch of people that we are just following a set of rules. And we will just go and sit in the church and say, oh, and then today the church was nice, so we'll come back. So what is the mandate of the church? The ecclesia, those that have been set apart. We need to know our mandate. Because Jesus the Christ has made it possible through the resurrection. We have been born again. We have been born anew. By to a living hope. To a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus the Christ. We have been born. But we need to know the mandate of the ecclesia, of the church. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, how many of us are having the wisdom in this? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So that you don't just, just become just a, another church member. <laughs> You don't just become just another church member, but you see, you carry the mandate of Jesus the Christ and we all begin to run with it. Because we have all settled for less. 
and we have all settled for as church members not knowing the mandate of those that have been called out the church because jesus christ said he himself is going to build that church the ecclesia thank you lord jesus that i'm not just any ordinary person that is trying to fit in another organization but i have a mandate a higher mandate now let's go to the book of ephesians chapter 3. i want you know i want i want us to understand what jesus the christ has done for myself and you so that we can run with those mandates and begin to bring glory proclaim the praise of him who called us in the book of ecclesiastes chapter 3 right from verse 8 now the bible says that to me who am less than the least of the the saints this grace was given which grace the grace that jesus christ gave the bible said grace and truth came through jesus the christ that i should preach among the gentiles now the word preach is evangelize so what i should preach among the gentiles the unsearchable riches of god Oh, somebody say the unsearchable riches of God. So there are deep, deeper, deeper things. The unsearchable riches of God. Nobody can search those riches. It's like, you know, what's it gold? They have been mining for a you know, long time. You can ask Nanama. Nanama has, has lived in Obasi for so long. Every day they've been mining. But they're still finding gold over there. The unsearchable riches of God. That Paul is to preach the unsearchable riches of God. Nothing else and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery that is what the responsibility of the church so that we make everybody see the what the mystery of what of the fellowship of the what of the mystery which mystery the secret which the bible said that from the beginning of the ages has you know he you know he said what from the beginning of the ages has been has been hidden in god who created all things through christ and in verse 10 he said that those you know unsearchable riches the bible said that to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of god might be known by who the ecclesia by the church who have been set apart through the resurrection of jesus the christ to who to the principalities and powers in heavenly places <sighs> by who the church who those who have been called out that is a higher mandate that we need to begin to pick it up we must what to the intent that what we will now in the now in the present that is what our mandate that the the many-sided what wisdom of god so god has deposited his wisdom in each and every one of us the unsearchable riches up to now the demons and the principalities can understand and comprehend this that what this dimension of the wisdom of god which is in christ because why is it that now you know god himself will come and die for a man they will know they will understand on the cross but the bible said the manifold the manifold the manifold so it's many-sided wisdom of god and this stands for coat of many colors it's with different dimensions and that is where the church must subject themselves towards the ministry of the word and the ministry of prayer so that this was the deeper 
the, the deeper dimensions of what of the of the of the riches of Christ can be unveiled to what to the body of Christ that is the church the ecclesia those that have been set apart those that have been called apart and to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places the Bible says according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished what in, in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and we have access with confidence through faith in him ah so the resurrection of Jesus Christ redefined the church redefined every single thing that we thought it was so he redefined everything and he gave us a clear mandate that the church must now understand a higher mandate I know that you see we have been thought that oh the church is where where we all come and no 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 no, no, no. it's the body of Christ the body of Christ is the church the ecclesia whereby you see you see if you are part of the ecclesia you run the government of what of heaven here on earth So when you go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are talking about government. So now, so when, when if you want to understand all these things, now, you know, the book of 2 Corinthians, right up to uh, from verse 5, right from verse 1. Now, let me re- just read a little bit. Just a little bit. It's talking about assurance of resurrection. Right from verse one first, I'll, I'll go to you know where I, I want to go about the government. We running what the government of heaven. So the Bible says the book of Second Corinthians chapter five, right from verse one. For we know that if our earthly house, now this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God. Which building? A house not made with hands, eternal in heaven, in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring, desiring to be clothed with our habitation from heaven. What is our the, the habitation? He's talking about a house from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Now, the verse 4. The Bible says that for we who are in this tent groan. So we are in this, yes, what, this, this flesh. Because this flesh is fallen. So we just groan. Being bedded, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Which is mortality? So now this flesh is subject to corruption, it's subject to delay. That is why when you die, that is it. But you see, Paul said that what that mortality will be swallowed up by life, changing our what habitation. This is higher truth. That myself and yourself we are desiring. That is the intention of God. But since what? Because of the falling of with the fall of man, everything changed. And our 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 habitation became what? Subject to corruption. But the verse 5 says, Now he he who has prepared us for this very thing, which very thing? 
our habitation that is what that is right from heaven that is being prepared from heaven the bible says that what he who has prepared us for this very thing is god himself he's been preparing us for this very thing who has what given us what the spirit that's a guarantee so the holy spirit right came as a result of what the resurrection of jesus the christ because jesus christ said that it is expedient for me to go where go where go. resurrected and go to heaven and sit there so that the holy ghost will come as a guarantee that it what stands for what a new dimension of what the truth so is this a guarantee a deposit <laughs> that yes that surely now you, this body will what will be will what will be clothed with its true habitation from heaven it is all made possible by the resurrection of jesus the christ It's just by the way, I will teach on. So that's why now when you go to the verse 7, he said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So faith will compel you to believe this spiritual truth once you have the Holy Ghost. So I said the last time that the Holy Spirit wasn't given to us so that we speak in tongues only. It's a guarantee. It's an assurance that God will do whatever that he has promised that he's going to do. I'll come there. So now, Afras, now let's go to the government, the ecclesia, the, the second Corinthians chapter 5. The Bible says right from verse um, 20. The Bible says that now then we are ambassadors for Christ. So who is an ambassador? We're talking about government over here. Ambassador for Christ to run the agenda of what heaven. So, so now the ecclesia, the church, that need to show the many-sided what or manifold graces of God, the many-sided wisdom of God, and to show the unsearchable riches that was hidden in Christ, but now it has to be revealed by the church. And this is what the agenda of heaven, and the Bible says that we, be, we become the what the ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors, who is an ambassador? A representative has, that has an agenda. So when we are talking about an ambassador. Now, the ambassador, you know, for America to Ghana, that ambassador will be, will, will be living in Ghana, but now he runs the agenda of America in Ghana. He does not have his own agenda. No. But he is followed by the dictate of that, that kingdom that he's coming from or that country that he's coming from. Because he, was, he has been chosen so ambassadors are the ecclesias the church that has been set apart for to run the agenda of the kingdom of heaven so myself and you every one of us has a mandate that we need to begin to subject ourselves to the truth of what of scriptures and to what to prayer so that what more revelation will be given to us so that we will run the race that is set ahead of us so that we will not settle as just another church member doing nothing doing nothing because we feel that it is just we going and just clapping then we will have fellowship and it moves beyond that we have agenda so fellowship is part but we need to run the agenda of heaven 
because we stand what as ambassadors for Christ it is my prayer that the God of all grace will grant you the grace and revelation that the light of the understanding of what he has called us to do now will be revealed to us through prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ that is where we will begin our series on the light the salt of this world ask Ecclesiastes ask the church ask the light of this world that's what Jesus Christ said you are the light of this world you are the city on a hill that cannot be hidden you are the salt of this world of this world the mandate of the church based on its resurrection giving you a new mandate as a king as a priest not just an ordinary person no but as ambassadors to represent him and as ambassadors this is what it does now this is what god is doing that when we are running the agenda of heaven the bible says as though god were pleading through us we employ you on christ's behalf to be reconciled to god so god will be pleading through a lot of us so whilst we are running the agenda of heaven debbie god is what is pleading through you as he pleaded through christ and bring those that are lost because jesus christ said i build my church the ecclesia and the gate of hate what is the gate of hate you come there the gate he didn't say the walls but he said the gates so it was just a metaphor that we just need to understand what the gate is standing for and he said the gate of hate shall never prevail but now the mandate has been given to us so christ is building his what ecclesia is calling he's calling people out from those bondages and darknesses that now it is about time myself and you we need to rise as part of this mandate and run the agenda of what of heaven that we are not living for ourselves no longer but we are living for jesus the christ to please him because what he came because of us we also need to what live for him now you are blessed you are highly favored in the name of jesus i will continue this series thank you for listening stay tuned for more upcoming episodes on the gpm platforms this episode is now available on spotify podbean apple podcast google podcast youtube and tune in remember to be a doer of the word and act upon his word shalom peace